In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A number of years ago, when we moved out to the Ponderosa, I was going to start buying cows, bred cows, and I called my dad, a cattleman with great experience, and he said to me, count the cost. He said, you can't be buying $1,700 bred cows in the spring and selling $1,100 open cows in the fall and come out very well. He said, you're going you're gonna to have to have a heck of a calf to make up the difference on that. So count the cost, he said. And you know, that's the same for us in a lot of situations. We say, well, I'd like to have a new pickup truck. Well, okay, count the cost. What are your monthly payments going to be? Maybe you can get by with a, uh, a used one. Count the cost of whatever we're buying. That's what Jesus said in today's gospel lesson. Count the cost of being a disciple, because there is one, and there could be one at many points. Count the cost. The background of this was that people were coming to see Jesus from everywhere. He was the new hot rabbi in town. Everybody wanted to see him. And they had different reasons for doing it. Some people uh, had just heard about him and wanted to see some wondrous miracles and signs. They, you know, came to see the circus and wanted to see the elephant, you know, that kind of thing. Some people were spies for the religious leaders. They wanted to get something on Jesus so that they could, you know, do him in. Some people were there because they thought Jesus would make a good traveling uh, lunch wagon. You know, they'd heard 5,000 people fed. You know, this would be a good deal. Follow him around. Free lunch. Everybody likes a free lunch, and I'm, I'm one of them. Uh, some people thought that Jesus was their form of Medicare. They had brought people to him to heal. If they had an illness themselves or one of their family members, they could just bring him and let Jesus heal them. So all of that was great stuff. But there were some people who followed Jesus because they had discovered that what he had, his connection with the Lord God himself, they could not get anywhere else that their joy of being part of the family of God was so great, it didn't matter what the cost was. They were going to follow Jesus. But you can't say that Jesus was not a full disclosure Messiah. There is going to be no hidden fees later on in the cost of discipleship. He's right up front with it. Did you notice how appalling the gospel lesson was today? where Jesus has what are, what are called his hard words. He has three cannots. You cannot be my disciple if you don't hate your father and your mother and your brother and your sister and your family. You cannot be my disciple if you don't pick up your cross and carry it. You cannot be my disciple if you don't get rid of all your possessions. Well, wow, what does that leave? You know, that sounds pretty harsh. And he certainly was letting us know up front the worst that could possibly happen in being a part of the way, or as Christians were called. It sounds more like General Dwight D. Eisenhower on the eve of the Normandy invasion D-Day, where he gathered his uh, generals together and, and he said to them, Gentlemen, there will be no victories at bargain basement prices. And there weren't. It sounds more like Pastor Lutheran Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who went back to Germany and was fighting against the Hitler regime. He was involved in a plot to assassinate Hitler because he believed he was the embodiment of evil. And he was found out, and he was imprisoned. And just days before the prison camp was liberated by the Allies, he was hung. 
But before that, he wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. And he said in that book, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. Well, this is sounding worse and worse, isn't it? But there is a part of this that has to be taken in the context of Aramaic language. The, the word to hate father and mother is an Aramaic comparative verb, and it means to love less than. So you can love your father and your mother, your brother and sister and your family, but you need, if you are a follower of Christ, you need to love them less than you love Christ. You can love them all you want, but it's got to be, in other words, there's going to be something that's in first place and something that's in second place. And if you are a follower of Christ, then you put Christ first. If you are a follower, a disciple of Christ, you make sure that you bear your cross. That doesn't necessarily mean a, a, a Roman form of execution by crucifixion, but it means you're going to pay a price somewhere. If you are a disciple of Christ, you need to drop your possessions. That hits Americans right where we live, doesn't it? Since we're the most materialistic people in the world. And what that means is, it doesn't mean you can't have anything. It just means that if it comes to a decision between keeping your stuff and following the Lord Jesus, you drop your stuff. I don't think it's going to come down to carrying our cross. I don't think it's going to, I hope it doesn't, come down to something that the young girl at Columbine High School experienced a number of years ago when they had that mass shooting, remember that? And uh, the the gun-wielding wacko asked her if she was a Christian. She said, yes, I am. Boom! Shot her dead in the head. I don't think it's going to come to that, for most of us anyway. But the issue is, we probably will end up paying a price of some kind. It might be only an inconvenience, or, or it could be a genuine sacrifice. It might be like the, the, different, the barnyard discussion that the chicken and the pig were having. And the chicken says, you know, uh, the farmer would like bacon and eggs. I mean, ham and eggs. And, uh, and I think he's a good guy, takes good care of him. So I'm willing to give him a few eggs. And the pig says, oh, well, fine. For you, it's an inconvenience. For me, it's a real sacrifice. So we may not lose our bacon, uh, uh, lose our ham on this. Uh, Maybe it's just a few eggs. But at some point, and maybe several some points in our life, we have to make a decision. What means more? And what means less? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Or is it stuff and other things? and desires and hopes and pleasure. What is it that means the most to us? We are going to be challenged with that. Probably it will be something more like, ah, I was going to go on vacation, but I decided to stay and take care of my ailing parents instead. Probably it's going to be something like, well, I'm fairly popular in school, but I'm going to go ahead and befriend some kids who are not popular and who are made fun of and bullied, and I'm going to stand up for them. It's probably going to be something of, well, I could get that new dress and the new shirts and trousers and shoes and all that, or I could give a donation to Beauty for Ashes and the Muncie Mission and the Wernley Children's Home. It's probably going to be something like that. Maybe it won't be a life 
changing thing. Well, maybe it won't be a tremendous sacrifice, but there's going to come times when we have to make a decision. Is it Jesus or is it something else? Because the disciple of Jesus says, it's Jesus. Amen, Jared. So, um, it's not that this is, a, you know, I'm, this is sounding pretty negative and Jesus sounded pretty negative, but here's the thing. These people didn't care what the cost was. They had found something that was so good, so joyful, that meant so much, that had eternal significance. They didn't care. They were going to experience the joy of a relationship with God now and in the future, in eternity. So, count the cost. But enjoy the joy of the relationship. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.